Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin, This Year in Bitcoin. Today is December the 27th. 2019 strong hand bitcoin is the next bitcoin in motion offended by selling conviction oh we had it unconfiscatable what a year it has been we've been relentless we've all been unique beast hello my elite friends welcome to the final this week in bitcoin show of uh this beautiful year guy swan is here rocky palumbo is here gabriel divine is here pound that like button everybody spread the word we're, we're there's so much to cover today so we're going to do highlights of the year some predictions of our next year some news oh it's going to be fun let's start it off on the technical tip with guy swan to tell you sent me all this information about technical highlights of this year <laughs> give it all out there tell the people about snore and lightning what happened this year with that stuff okay so uh and this is this is one of my favorite things about bear markets that I've come to love over the years, over the many years in Bitcoin was just that like everything gets quiet and so much stuff gets done. This has been uh, particularly just for lightning and the idea of like smart contract functionality and the ability to build like streamlined, very reliable layer two technology, lightning obviously being the 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 obvious one but just just in a very broad sense of what we can do with bitcoin as a layer one and like layer two and layer three networks to build on top of this has been amazing i, I mean lightning went from like i i originally i set up my first lightning node in i think it was june of last year so it was a handful of months after it had finally been released on mainnet when everything was just kind of um, exploding, everybody was opening channels, nobody had any idea what was going on, but everybody was having fun because it was a new toy to play with. Um, and uh, but it wasn't usable, you couldn't really do much with it, and it wasn't really implemented anywhere. And it, I mean, it was all painfully, painfully beta software. Um, and this year it has just completely changed the game, and it's been it's been mostly developments that have happened in the background. And one thing that I'm just so excited about that I was really surprised actually happened this year, which it, I mean, I think it's like two weeks old now that it got, it's live in the Sea Lightning. And I think it's live on all of, I think it's live on L&D and uh, Async now, if I'm not mistaken, but AMPs, which are multi-path payments. One of the biggest limitations of Lightning Network so far has been that when you open a channel, you can only send, you can open up multiple channels, but you can only send a payment over a single channel. So like the way these, these little contracts work is I can open up three $100 contracts and I've got $300 worth of, worth of Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, but I can only send a max payment of $100 um, just because there's not an easy way to pull payments to, to lock payments across multiple pads at the same time. And now that is, that is actually live. I didn't think we would get it this soon. It was kind of like real quiet as to what was going on with it. And then it was just seemed like it was released. Um, and that's super exciting because it, it just means that when you start looking at lightning now, 
you don't have to think about channels. You don't have to like, like all of the important, like really hardcore stuff that's happening is moving into the background. It's starting to disappear. You will see one balance. It will be your lightning balance and you can either spend all of it or you can spend a tiny amount of it and you don't have to care or think about what's happening. And that's where most of the development has been. Uh, loop in and loop out are another huge, uh, that, that happens around midway through this year. Uh, that was another huge thing just in usability because if there's ever a problem with a route being available, or let's say you're using a Lightning wallet and you wanna pay a Bitcoin invoice, like the service you're using doesn't use Bitcoin, or excuse me, doesn't have Lightning implemented. Like there's a horrible user experience to like get a Bitcoin invoice or a Lightning invoice invoice and have to go to a different wallet for each one. You know, that's, that's terrible. But there's no reason that those things can't work together. You just have to figure out how to do what it's really conceptually a simple thing, atomic swap between Bitcoin and Lightning. And it's a Lightning service that's just available on the network. And that's how you loop in, loop out. You can send money to refund, like a light to, to recharge a Lightning wallet. That's how I um that's how I send payments. Like I've been using the Breeze wallet, uh, which is my favorite right now of the handful that you can get on iOS. Um, but I use it all the time. I use it for uh, a fold. Uh, I use it to um they they were having like a twenty percent uh, Sats back on Starbucks not too long ago, uh, and I was good lord I was buying way too much coffee, way too much overpriced coffee to get the Sats back uh, for that one. Um, uh, bit refill, another huge one, just because uh, really gift cards have been kind of the key thing there. Uh, but I've been using loop in and loop out to refill stuff from like a Bitcoin balance. And then there's another wallet called Moon, uh, M-U-U-N, that's actually using that as like as the main function of the wallet. And you can you can pay lightning invoices by sending Bitcoin to an atomic swap into lightning. Uh, so, so you're using loop in and uh, it's just, it's just so fascinating to see these, there's still like little pieces of it and it's still kind of spread out. But once we have a, a single wallet that begins to integrate all of these things, since each one of these individually is kind of trying a different route and specializing on making a different one of these tools work, I, I don't. I, it's so clear. It's so clear that we are a mere months away from somebody just dropping a wallet that has no idea that the user never has a clue that they're using either Lightning or Bitcoin, and it's entirely seamless. Like we're way closer to that than I thought we were, and that's just been one of the craziest things to me that all of the major tools that needed to get us there are here. Like, like we're not really waiting for anything else. There's still a lot of streamlining to do and a lot of uh, uh, mitigating of like, you know, uh, uh, payment failures and stuff to do. But for the most part, all the tools are here. Um, it, it can be cleaned up. Uh, Neutrino, uh, that's, that's one of the best things. Neutrino has been a huge, huge uh, boost in uh, the speed of having uh, a, uh, a mobile wallet. Um, and uh, that actually just got a really big efficiency boost not too long ago. I think it was only like a month or so ago. Um, but it's basically a way to <laughs> uh, uh, privately keep track of all the blocks that your relative payments, the, the payments that relate to you are in without having to give up your privacy. Like mobile wallets, light wallets have always been a disaster 
for privacy. And Neutrino basically solves that without having to, without having to give the huge trade-off of running a whole friggin' node on your phone, which is obviously a nightmare. Um, and uh, I think I think the the headers, the, the way Neutrino's um, stuff is, I think Breeze has taken like, I guess like 20 megs of data, I think, to get that to get that boost. And if I don't open it for like a week or two, it takes like a couple of seconds to sync, and that's it. That's the trade-off to get privacy on in your in your lightning in your relative like lightning channels and stuff in a mobile wallet now. And that happened this year. Like like that was a year ago, not possible. Um dude, you have open this show the exact way i want man you laid it down the people want to hear about the technical stuff baby now you jumped around something a little bit here yeah and i'm gonna ask you a straight up question i'm gonna ask the other guest because the other guests wanted to speak about this too you've inspired them mm -hmm. all i'm sure uh this is i guess this is kind of a vague statement though will lightning be ready for prime time in 2020 you made an illusion that it's just a matter of time uh, before there's a, a wallet that you wouldn't even know what the heck uh, that you're even using lightning. Is this the year of lightning coming up? It's hard to say if um, like what the definition of quote unquote prime time is, but yes, I, I think we will see a wallet. Um, I think we'll, we'll see software where the user doesn't really have to care at all what's happening in the back end. They don't have to know what's happening and that there is a single experience of Bitcoin whether they're using lightning or bitcoin i think there are too many minds working on it and the tools are already here uh yes short answer yeah all right gabriel you wanted to say something baby hi everyone rocky uh thanks for your summation i got a question for that was you a what? <laughs> i mean <laughs> i'm rocky <laughs> he's oh, rocky i was guy. guy i didn't introduce myself what's up guys yeah. Glad to be on the show. I just they're, like trying they're to all linked to below. <laughs> they're all linked to below. Pound that like button, Gabriel. Sorry, Kai. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, you know, it's it's become uh, the as the technology proliferates, it becomes impossible for any one person to like to keep up on all the details. Um, oh and like with every like area of Bitcoin development um each one continues along the path i mean yeah sometimes you close up and you just finish up a project for example segregated witness but even that like has versioning now and they're you know they come out with new sort of developments on top of it but something like um the, you know the signature paradigms and it's kind of very additive especially with bitcoin's very strong ethos of soft forks in other words you never obviate things from the past and you only add them on and you never hard fork so that um you know people can uh people aren't forked off uh, against their will like in every other uh you know fake coin basically so um well with bitcoin we have an ever proliferating you know fields of technology and so one of the things that um i've been really focusing on as far as lightning is on the usability side um actually it's been great to see some really good uh, ux um developments and strides being made in 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 the in the industry in general guys like jack maller is really focused on it making great looking and easily usable uh on the front end but one of the really major usability hurdles with lightning is uh the capacity question and so uh basically and the really big one that i'm personally focused on is the 
inbound capacity. What this is, is um, when, when Lightning was first developed, basically you had to put Bitcoin onto the Lightning network in order to receive Bitcoin. You had to pay to get paid. And uh, there are some private solutions being uh, used now. And there, I, I, looked, I was doing some research several months ago, not that long ago, middle of the year. And um, I found that they seemed relatively expensive. And, uh, but it was good to see that some strides were being made. That's usually how it goes with new tech. You know, private players come in, they charge a lot because it's the first examples. And um, I see that as one, a major, maybe the biggest hurdle in general, because like there's this dream of like everybody just can use lightning and there's instant payments flying back and forth everywhere. And anybody, uh, you know, like a farmer who's got a tiny field of turnips in Ghana can just jump online with their smartphone that, you know, their $20 smartphone and get a lightning wallet and, and get paid for turnips. Well, that's not really possible right now because you have to, it's, it's the chicken and egg. You know, you have, it's a catch twenty-two. You have to have Bitcoin before you can get Bitcoin. So, what's the latest? Do you, can you give us an update, perhaps, on your the latest inbound capacity solutions out there? Yeah. Um. So uh, that's where that's where loop in, loop out, and then splice in, splice out come into play. Um. And those are technologies that just basically hide the fact that you're um you're stashing away inside of a normal bitcoin transaction and update to changing the balances in your lightning wallet so um in the in the short term you'd have a slightly higher fee to get um additional capacity into your channel um and that's where we're that's where it's like crazy exciting to talk about like the the ability to aggregate fees over the lightning network to like maybe uh do sorts of transactions like this in aggregating with a lot of other people making transactions at the same time. Uh, and uh, that's something that I think will be far more, it'll just be a, a simpler process once we have Shinor signatures, but that's still probably a year away. Um, I, I hope that we see, uh, we see essentially the network working towards activation on Shinor because that'll be a huge improvement for exactly that sort of stuff. Uh, but it's about hiding that, uh, the fact that you do have to change channel um, capacity, like you're talking about, um, on the fly, and you would need a Bitcoin transaction to do it. So it's in making, using your existing, uh, your existing Lightning presence to uh, help pay for the fee um, and aggregating transaction with many other channels or payments that are happening at the same time. And then also is uh, the idea of uh, an LSP, which this is just really exciting to me from the concept of building a, a kind of a global and very open market around making this easy for people. Um, like uh, Breeze is one that I would consider they're, they're kind of like really focusing. Roy Scheinfeld is really focusing on that concept specifically in offering up having liquidity available to people in order to have people connect to their nodes so that they have a very strong presence there's this really strong market incentive to to solve that exact problem and those are exactly the sorts of uh services that a i mean imagine like the apple store imagine if they're a imagine a future where, where the lightning network is ubiquitous 
let's say they've got channels with their customers, they're going to aggregate everybody opening and closing channels at the same time. And they're going to be able to offer, they're probably going to be able to offer the fee as a loss leader just to keep people connected to their store. Um, but th that aside, there's, these are all those, those things that I mentioned are specifically those tools that make that vastly easier and uh, make a really open and permissionless market to offering up liquidity uh, on behalf of the user already, which is like something like Breeze is doing. Um, uh, Jack Maller said that if they purchase over uh, Olympus, that he's going to, I think, match what they buy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but all of them are coming up with a lot of different methods. In fact, there's four or five that are being tested out right now that I know of. And I think we'll just see which one the market uh, finds most sustainable and, and We've got this global open market to just kind of test all the all the different methods. Um, so I think there's a lot happening specifically around that hurdle. Um, and, and I think 2020, we're going to start seeing uh, a standard develop on the best solution. Very cool. Um, so would you say it sounds to me like we're about 18 months out at the least um, of like a really seamless hundred percent smooth, cheap onboard for totally new lightning and Bitcoin user simultaneous receipt of bit. Like you get paid for your, for your labor or something. First time zero balance lightning wallet, pay a smallish fee to open your very first channel the very first time and then pay hardly anything after that, maybe 18 months to 24 months. I would have said, I would have agreed with you two months ago. Um, but with what I've seen in the last two months with Olympus, Jack Maller's Olympus and Escher and then SparkSwap, like a good friend of mine in the Raleigh Bitcoin meetup uh, made a video of doing a SparkSwap from a debit card one cent to a um, to a lightning uh, channel. And Breeze is one of those another ones that you can just open up immediately. And uh, you have a couple of I think you wait a couple of minutes for the confirmation. But then Jack Maller's Olympus just dropped and you're you're in seconds, seconds from debit card purchase to in a lightning channel because they use something called a turbo channel where you can just automatically start updating before it even confirms because you're already holding the 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 insurance part of the contract. So it doesn't really matter. You can just go ahead and start doing business. Yeah, you're um, already sending the transactions back and forth and exactly, they're all validated already, at the chain. Exactly. You wrote a commitment already at the opening, so why not just keep updating it? Um, and uh, I, I don't think we're that far away. Um, I, I would have agreed with you two months ago, but with the couple of things that I have seen, I think we're closer than that. All right, dudes. Let Rocky, you've been chopping at the bit there. Get in on this, man. Get in on this Lightning Network discussion. Well, I'd have to agree that the Lightning Network is the big star of 2019 in the Bitcoin world. Um, some of the updates I've been following with Lightning are the atomic swaps, the L2, which is basically just a complete update to um, Lightning. Um, channel factories, dual funded channels, Sphinx, um, which is a way to send in Lightning without an invoice. Um, rendezvous routing, trampoline payments, turbo channels, watchtowers, splicing, amps, and submarine swaps. Um, so, and you know, this is, you know, these improvements are just going to make Lightning, you know, the 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 way to transact in in Bitcoin. And I've been running a Lightning node um, since February of this year, 
And it did have a couple of routing issues when I first got it started up. I'm not really sure if it was because of the network was so new back then or if it was because I didn't have uh, things set up quite right because I turned off the autopilot because I wanted to play with the settings myself to learn more about it, right? So, um, but just a few months after that, I would say for the past seven months, maybe eight months, I haven't had any routing issues. Just every payment goes through instantly. Do, do what's, you your, what's the main wallet you use? Sorry. Oh, no, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm using the um, uh, Ride the Lightning interface, the web interface oh, okay. with a Lightning node on the Raspberry Pi. I'm using uh, Raspi uh, Blitz. Sweet. All right, Rocky, my, my question is for prediction, since 2019 has been a very good year for Lightning, is, this, is 2020 going to be a bigger year? Is this going to be... Uh, you guys are talking some technical sophistication there. Is it going to be brought down to the regular man's level in 2020 or we're going to have to wait a little bit longer? Rocky. Well, I think, um, you know, 2019 was pretty good for Bitcoin, right? The price is almost double what it was on January 1st, 2019. True. Um, so that's a pretty good year. I think 2020 is going to be better for Bitcoin than 2019. But I think uh, 2021 will be much better than 2020. So I, <laughs> I think just good things are coming. Just strong hand, be patient. Exactly. It's exactly. all coming. All right. Now, one thing that Gabriel, you started talking, and, and and before we leave, Rocky, do you have any other highlights of the year that you wanted to mention that are outside of Lightning Network? Uh, um, no, not really. Lightning was like my topic, my main topic for um, you know 2019. I think Guy kind of uh, stole the show on that, that he did a great job. I agree with everything he said. That's all awesome. Yeah, that, that was freaking awesome. Pound that like button for lightning. All right, Gabriel, did you probably had other highlights you wanted to mention from 2019? You know, um, Rocky actually just mentioned it, which is the, the, the price uh, is proving a lot of the stock to flow people uh, to have been correct in their predictions. Um, and, you know, when the bear market hit in 2018, uh, people were saying, oh, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to be in a bear market a long time. Or people were in denial and they were saying, oh, we're going to go up again in 2018. And we're following a really closely to the halvening schedule. It's actually quite stunning to have seen this four-year cycle play out. Um, after, you know, the very first cycle when things were spinning up, you can't really compare the beginning of that curve but um, the second and third uh, cycles have been really similar. The, having, the first halving in 2012 uh, happened during a bit of a bear market. 2013 saw two big uh, bull pushes, followed by a long, uh, uh, you know, not a long, followed by a bear market in 2014. Uh, people are forgetting that 2015, even though there was a lot of contentious uh, talking, there were um, rage quits by... Uh, obviously nefarious devs that, you know, came straight out of, um, you know, Western countries, three letter agencies. And it was really, you know, obvious to a lot of us that what was going on and they were trying to attack it, it failed. And 2015 was actually a bull market. It was very similar to this year. Um, you know, things started off looking at the chart. Now things, things bottomed out right at the beginning of 2015, uh, around $180. And things ended up the year at a real high uh, in the 400s. I mean, so that was actually, you know, a, a, 
a bigger uh, well, that's a you know similar move to this year, a hundred ish percent, maybe a little more actually. But you know, um, the the happenings, of course, are faster than every four years. But um, you know, I think that's a really big story this year is uh, Bitcoin's recovery from a, a bear market where a lot of more trolls were coming out of the woodwork saying, "Oh, your your project is finally over," and uh, I, I, those voices have gone very quiet for good reason. Um, the thing is 11 years old and shows no signs of stopping. It's very steady. It's on this course of adoption, and the tech is amazing. Uh, other projects that many people were predicting would overtake Bitcoin are continuing their bear markets, especially when uh, looked at against Bitcoin. I mean, Ethereum, it, it's really anybody who has technical expertise now is really rethinking their opinions about ethereum if they were bullish um and as they're as they're starting to understand oh well maybe my understanding of base technology layers was worse than i thought uh because it the, the dangers of centralization and um and poor planning are really starting to reap the the harvest over there um you know more even more centralized projects are not doing great in the market for all the reasons that we've been explaining for the past six, seven years. So that's a really big story. And then uh, to follow up on something Guy said about just the base tech, I mean, uh, he mentioned Taproot and, and Schnorr signatures and all these things that are, uh, have been developed and, and really were a lot of those kinks and wrinkles have been worked out as the BIPs have been standardized. And um, now we're in like roadmap territory, which is always like, uh, you know, extremely, what do I want to say? Extremely like hopeful and optimistic because everyone's, we've already figured out the math. We've already got the proofs, literally, you know, I mean, guys like Gregory Maxwell and Adam Back laying out the mathematical proofs that informed the BIPs, um, you know, design. And now the roadmap territory, and like like uh, like I said, 2020, these things are actually going to be coming out, and um, it's quite interesting to see that. And I think that um, something that Andreas Antonopoulos has been talking about a long time, which is um, uh, sort of what I, what's the word for it? Rigid? No, rigidification. Oh, I know <laughs> um, the word. Uh, uh, ossification. Ossification. Yes, yeah, yeah. the ossification of the protocol. Uh, I do. I think I agree that it's relatively inevitable, and things have been early enough and slow enough that we've been able to make these ext relatively extreme uh, upgrades and changes—not changes to the protocol, but additions to the protocol, such as segregated witness two years ago, and you know, Taproot and and um, and uh, Schnorr signatures. These are quite very low-level additions to the protocol. I have a feeling that this next wave, uh, it's going to be another three years of, of upgrades to the base protocol. This may be the last wave of major additions to the protocol. We might not have the freedom to do that um, because the, the system will be so large. And, and um, at some point, the, the, the developers will decide, okay, this is version 1.0. And I think maybe around that point, we might not see any large uh, you know, ma major additions to the protocol. And that's for good reason. Um, the problems with Bitcoin or pain points, corner quake cases, edge cases, major bugs. I mean, transaction malleability was a terrible bug. And the, the devs were working really hard on that for six years. And they came up with a solution to it and it freaking fixed it. 
Um, so, and, and the next problem is way too much trackability. We've got private companies, you know, basically basing their business models on the fact that Bitcoin um, has traceable transactions. And that's, you know, the next big push um, is these, you know, confidential transactions and different ways to obscure um, the providence of transaction history. And that's, you know, that's just another sort of bug in the protocol. Good money can't be traceable. That's why cash is, was so useful for so long. And, you know, that was determined very um, sagely by, you know, a court in Scotland in the 18th century. And um, these type of things are getting ironed out. And once they're all ironed out, additions after that will be sort of gravy. So it's a really amazing time to see the, the, the protocol solidifying around this set suite of features and technologies. All right, let's uh, move on to a very specific thing that was alluded to. Uh, Guy Swan, is the halving priced in? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't think there's any possible way for it to be priced in. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because there's been a lot of Twitter pushback against stock to flow recently, which I don't, I don't quite know why. Like in the last couple of weeks, I've been seeing it constantly. Yeah. Um, but uh I think no matter what, even if you even if you talk about it being priced in, there's there's two things that priced in has to account for. One is that the supply isn't what it will be when we get to that point, and B, the enormous price of time. So if it is priced in, well then it's priced in at the one year discount to getting there. Um and um, uh, and the associated risks with that. But regardless of that, no, I don't think so. I don't think anybody even really knows. Like the, the portion of the community that is aware of the whole stock to flow thing is so itty bitty. Like, like it is a tiny corner of Bitcoin Twitter uh, that actually even knows about this thing. And the idea that it's priced in, like that the market is already going to have the price that it's supposed to be at that time, like worked out and sorted today, I think is just kind of pretending, pretending that markets are some perfect theoretical universe rather than the, the crazy social beast that it is. <laughs> um, but no, no, the short answer is absolutely not. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, I think, no is everybody agrees on that but I, I think it's like a social attack almost these people that keep bringing it up or they're just bored and there's nothing else to talk about i i don't know um rocky uh it, do you have any thoughts on, on that aspect of the the having it all and you've got some screen shares you you've got some topics you wanted to bring up too and i wanted you to do that now well about the having um i don't think it's priced in either uh, a lot of the you know, the price action depends on traders and traders are too busy trading to even concern themselves with the technical aspects of Bitcoin. Um, but what I think the having does is is really simple. People like to complicate this way too much, I think. You have the having and what it does is supports the price going up over the next four years. And then you have another having rinse and repeat. And that's all it is. And it's, it's, it's really just that simple. Um, and by the way, Gabriel said that, uh, basically said that also it's, it's cyclical. We're repeating 2015 again. Um, I, it's the 210,000 block theory. 
that the price, and then it's not, it's more than a theory that the price, uh, if any time, any point in time, you go back 210,000 blocks, it's worth more than it was back then in, in terms of fiat. So this thing, uh, it, it really all might boil down to the, the math of it all, that it's all going to always be cyclical like this. Who knows? The pattern hasn't been broken yet. All right. Now, to, uh-oh. <laughs> we were talking about lightning before. And, uh, of course, uh, the Bcash people always said that lightning would never work. So what's up with this? What's up with your Bcash stuff here? <laughs> well, I would like to know what the uh, block size limit is on Bcash. Um, does anybody know? Guy or Gabriel, Isn't do you know it? what it is? Isn't it eight right now? I believe it was eight. Talked about thirty-two for a while, but I don't know if it ever actually happened because they they had to fix the emergency difficulty. I mean, the 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 new most recent the DAA, the difficulty adjustment algorithm that replaced the other broken algorithm that they used, uh, and they had to fix that recently. But I don't know if they did a uh, actually did the block size increase at the same time. Well, according to this article, it did. Uh, go to 32 megs uh, on May uh, 2018. Or oh, 2018. Okay. Yes. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it says to right here. It says today uh, because yeah, it's its own. I yeah, I thought it was that happened before. That happened even before BSV. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, 32 megs. All right. right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bro. So so that's May of 2018. Um, this article came out a few months ago, September of this year, um, and it took um, it um, was based on interviewing a um, a BCH dev, um, this this Amory guy, and uh, he said in a uh, Reddit post that. Uh, the Bcash miners are unwilling to mine blocks bigger than two megs. And when this article first came out, that uh, there was a, a direct quote from him that where he said, um, if they mine too many blocks uh, that were, you know, two megs or bigger, that the nodes would trip over themselves. So basically saying that it would take too long to propagate the blocks across the network. Um, and you could have a lot of, uh, you know, orphan blocks and what have you, which is, of course, really bad for the, for the network, and it promotes mining centralization. Um, so I don't know why, but for some reason that quote was taken out of this article. But if, if you did read this in September when it first came out, it was there. I saw it. I read it. Um, and then there were some quotes from Roger Veer. You know, he had to uh, put his two cents in here. And uh, he was asked if Bitcoin Cash truly had this two meg limit. And of course he didn't really give a direct answer, a yes or no answer. He, he you know, he talks about how he's working with these companies. Um, I'm already working uh, directly with payment companies that expect to reach close to 100 transactions per second with hundred million plus users around the world. If BCH had this two meg limit, they wouldn't be interested. So he didn't really answer the question. What he answered was, these companies wouldn't be interested if they did, but not if it did or not, right? Do you see the difference? Yeah. yeah. He kind of danced around the question, right? And so then down here yeah. in, in his conclusion, uh, he referred to, he's referring to Bitcoin here as having a one meg block limit, right? Which I don't know, um, hasn't had that since, you know, SegWit got put in in what, uh, August of 2017. So two and a half mm -hmm. years, it hasn't had a one meg limit. And Correct. if you go to like um, uh, Sundance here, used there. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you go to Sundance here, you could see the um, megs, the block size here in, in megabytes, you know, because it's weighted now, but this is, would be the megabyte equivalent. It's uh, 1.3. Uh, uh, yeah. What did I say? Sundance or something. Sundance. Okay. Yeah. Coin dance. Coin dance. So you can see that the, most of the blocks here are, are well over a meg. In, in fact, uh, there was a tweet from, uh, I think it was, yeah, the four Satoshis. These guys do a lot of good tweets. If you're on Twitter, you really should follow these guys. Um, they got a, a sample here that they tweeted, I think it was last week, where you could see all these blocks, how big they are. Here's a 1.6, one, another 1.6, 1.4. These are all in a row, right? 1.6, 1.8, another 1.8. Uh, surrounding a 1.7 and following up with a 2.33, right? Okay. All right, Roger. So um, why are you still talking about Bitcoin having a one meg block size limit? And actually the block size limit in Bitcoin right now is actually four megs. It's just with the current version of SegWit, um, it can only uh, make the blocks um, so big and still full the old blocks that they're, you know, uh, that they're one meg, you know, because it has to be backwards compatible because it's a soft fork. Now, the next version of, Seg of SegWit with um, um, Schnorr, Schnorr signatures will be able to go up to four meg blocks and still fill the, uh, still fool the old nodes that they're just one meg, you know, so you got to have that backwards compatibility to uh, be a soft fork. Um, so, uh, so he goes on to say here that... Um, the Bcash block size restriction isn't true, right? What 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 that one dev was talking about that if they mine blocks over two megs, the nodes would trip over themselves. Well, I don't know where he's getting this information from because the information that I see, it shows that it is true. Okay, so this is the Joho hey, um, Rocky, mempool. Yeah, Rocky, why are we talking about this scammer? I'm not sure what the relevance. Uh, because he's been lying for years. Why do we care? Because uh, Adam asked me about it before the show. He's all, okay, cool. what's going Adam, on? With why do you want to know? Well, that's Rocky's been wanting to talk about this Bcash thing for a while. So it's, oh, the, year, it's the year in review. Circular, so it's, it's, Circular argument. Because, and, and well, there's there's one point where I'm going to get at too when he's done, but it's it's an important one too. So continue with uh, this. This is the one time to get it out, man. This is the one because – What's well, going to happen? Is... The, the, the question is, what's going to happen with their having? Uh, what 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 will the uh, will it still be, is it going to die when they have their having? Because they're having a having uh, next year also. Is it in May too, or when, when is it? July. It's, well, that's a good question. It's beforehand. It is. It is going to be beforehand at this point, uh, if I if I'm not mistaken. And so, this could help the people you know who kind of you know, kind of blindly follow, you know, King of the Trolls, and maybe it might shed a little light on, you know, what he's saying. You can't just take it as a matter of fact. You've got to do your own research, right? This is what I'm doing here. I'm showing my research to, to combat what he said in that article, okay? So that's mm -hmm. what I'm doing here. So let's look at the data. So here is a, a representation over the past year of the mempool in B, uh, BCH. So you can see how pitiful you know, the uh, transaction amounts are here. They're just so tiny. Their average block is less than one quarter of one meg on average, right? So um, there's, there's tiny blocks, but every once in a while their mempool does get backed up, but they've got a 32 meg, which I just showed right over here. I just showed that they got a 32 meg block size. So, and Roger says it's not true that they have a two meg limit. 
So if we zoom in on this here, you could see, got to wait for it to propagate here. There you go. So if you see it got backed up to um, 19 and a half megs here, and it took like 279 blocks to clear that. Well, I don't know what kind of math King of the Trolls uses, but the math I learned in the fourth grade tells me that if you have a 32 meg block and you're backed up 19 megs, you could do that in one block, not 279, right? So um, here's the here's something really funny about that. And, and I was thinking about with lightning, I was going back through because lightning has become vastly more usable this, this year than like at the beginning of the year, I wasn't using it for real payments. Like I was using it to play with it. I mean, by the way, this RTL um, thing that you were talking about, the ride, the lightning, I had not seen this. This is like the coolest looking thing ever. So I'm going to try this out. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, oh, but, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so lightning has literally become usable this year and I have just started using it and, and have just kind of stopped like, like originally I remember my sentiment change is that when a payment happened, I would be really excited because it was like, Oh my God, a lightning payment worked. I'm so excited. And now I, I'm so used to it working that when something goes wrong, I'm like, Oh crap, that's right. This is still lightning. And sometimes things don't work perfectly. Um, but I've had, like with all those tools and technologies that we talked about with like loop in, loop out, splice in, um, amps, um, all of these and leaning, being able to lean on the Bitcoin network when something goes wrong. I, right now, right now, I have about a one in 20 payment failure rate. Parker Lewis has a wonderful series. I'm not sure if you guys have listened to or, or read it on uh, Unchained Capital, uh, the Unchained Capital blog called Gradually Then Slowly. And there's one, uh, one article that he talks about said Bitcoin is not too slow. And he talks about the discovery of digital scarcity being a zero to one invention, whereas payments are a one to n. We can, we can forever make incremental improvements to it. And right now, at this stage, with hardly any of these tools actually in play, I have a 1 in 20 to uh, needing to resort to an on-chain payment when lightning fails, which means I essentially have a 20x increase in my block size capacity as far as my individual use of Bitcoin. That is, that is right now when everything is still vastly like still needs to go to the actual user side, like the, the easy user experience side and implement all of these tools together. I, I would not be surprised at all if we could double that or more in the next five or six months as far as like the usable software. That means though, that if everyone would could use it just at the stage that it's in, we have the equivalent of 40 megabyte blocks on Bitcoin. We have the hey. equivalent of our current block size but only needing a payment, only needing an on-chain transaction for one ev out of every 20 in order to mitigate when something goes wrong or when we need more liquidity or we need inbound uh, capacity or anything like that. If my experience is something that can be applied to everyone, that we've got essentially a 40 me megabyte block size and no nodes are tripping over anything. Um, and I don't know, that's just a, it just shows the, the vast chasm between the engineering mindsets of uh, Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the the five percent failure rate or, or reset rate is like really high compared to what it will be. 
it's going to be yeah. way under 1%. It'll be, uh, you know, maybe half a percent or something I could see would be a, like one in 200. So then, then you're talking about another 10x capacity, like 100x from here is like around the corner for sure. And then, and then once you have like machine to machine payments, it'll be millions of times higher. You know, they'll be going back and forth, sending these little blips of data zillions of times and you'll have, you know, way, way more capacity than some stupid visa. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I meant by ready for prime time too. I mean, uh, the, the getting the failure rate, uh, up to a, a very, uh, non-noticeable level, uh, which is what you were saying. We, we, we said right now it's one in 20 or something. I mean, that's, that's not that's ready true. for that's my that's my personal experience but the funny yeah. thing is, is when you implement things like loop in and loop out or splice in and splice out as uh, like in the background of your app is that your payment would go through without you knowing that you had to resort to an on-chain payment so your experience would never see a failure but your app would simply have to jump out and do an on-chain transaction one out of every 20 to make up for when lightning couldn't fill the bill essentially Okay. All right. So now we we've brought up uh, the the Bcash altcoin, which is a way to transition to an altcoin question that I have for Gabriel Divine about the uh, what what's to come in 2020. Will Libra happen in 2020, Gabriel Divine? I don't think so. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, there's way too many roadblocks, and this is like the whole reason why you know Bitcoin's decentralized and nobody else is able to do anything. Um, I don't, I don't think Libra is actually going to ever happen. Ever? ever. Uh, no, that's a, that's a big one. That's a big I kind of agree with that. Maybe. That, yeah. I, I don't think, um, I think that they might try to launch a different type of stable coin, more similar to the existing ones. Um, but, um, no, I don't, I don't think Libra, I do think that they could very well like flesh out uh, their sort of um, payment rail, you know, their normal fiat payment rail a lot more and try to compete with Apple and the other players in the space. But that space is getting really um, very competitive and uh, fees are plunging, which is great. Um, so, you know, the more competition, the better. And then eventually when you just swap out the bottom layer, it's going to be, you know, ridiculously cheap. The, the lightning fees are going to be insanely cheap when, when that is, you know, um, extremely normal for everybody. But, you know, um, as far as predictions, I, I think this is a good time maybe to jump yeah. into my thoughts about the 20s yes. and how it relates to Bitcoin, if I may. Yes. Um, I think that uh, you guys, we, we've been talking, and, and I think I, I love this panel. I, everybody's, uh, you know, really on point here. This is terrific. You guys are terrific. I love it. And you guys, I, I, you know, um, haven't said anything I thought was dumb, which is really awesome. You said really <laughs> fucking smart things. Excuse my language. Uh, you said you said really uh, highly highly intelligent things. I really agree with um, guys' uh, opinions that he was expressing about the. Um, Havening being priced in uh, at Rocky as well. It, it's it's not priced in. There's too many unknowns. I, that's my diagnosis about why it's not priced in. And I don't mean that in the sense of oh, traders don't know what the price is going to do. No, 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 no. I'm talking about macro events that directly affect energy production around the world in various ways. Uh, you know, that's from weather. We're in the middle of the strongest solar minimum that anybody alive has ever seen. This is a, something more along the lines of the 19th century Maunder minimum 
or even go back 400 years or 2000 years to the grand solar minimums that uh, nipped entire empires in the bud. Um, this is a this is a highly volatile time where we're seeing massive farming failures. Uh, we're seeing the typical increase in uh, pestilence where we've got a massive uh, um, outbreak of swine flu or swine fever in China that's causing that caused this year uh, the the pork prices have are up 130 percent. It's a massive situation where you know, for example, uh, President Trump is using that as leverage in his trade negotiations with China because they need our pork or not our pork, but the pork of the United States. Um, this is a real a time of a huge upheavals in societies. Um, we're seeing uh, the, the a rise of nationalistic tendencies uh, in the reaction to the globalistic uh, um, politics of the past three, four, five decades, even longer, t uh, 10 decades, I would say. And um, the Federal Reserve is being, um, uh, uh, what do I want to say, scrutinized. Yeah, it's being scrutinized by politicians uh, in the United States to a greater degree than ever before, especially the Trump administration. The level of uncertainties ahead is much higher than we've ever seen in anybody's lifetime, including the uh, greatest generation. No, greatest generation are all dead. The World War II generation. Mm -hmm. The people, the, the very oldest members of, our, of the population in their 90s, 100s, 110. Um, these people haven't even seen the type of volatility that we are going into and that we've seen over the past even five years. So, and I mean that in a positive sense too. I've just mentioned some negatives, you know, high, high uh, weather uh, dislocations, populations getting dislocated, food insecurity. But also we've got the possible um, secret technology releases ahead. Now, th this is a woo-woo subject. <laughs> this people... is it. This is why they love Gabriel. Pound that like button. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Very few people talk about this in um, you know mainstream media. But we've got uh, – we're in a situation now where the Navy uh, this year released three incredibly – in like mind-blowing patents for free energy, superconductor, and anti-gravity technology. This is technology that's been around for 80 years, according to insider testimonies. And the um, you know Trump administration's propaganda arm, known as QAnon, has been dropping all sorts of uh, um, basically pro-Trump and pro-military um, propaganda for three years and their predictions have been very much on point. I think it's a legitimate propaganda arm where they're trying to promote the ideas of the Trump administration as best they can. Um, when I say legitimate, I mean it's genuinely military insiders leaking information and attempting to influence the population's views on things. And whether they're accurate or not, um, I can't say, but I think it's genuine military insiders behind it. It's not a troll thing. And they're talking about uh, extraterrestrials. They're talking about, you know, all the secret technology. And I think that is something that is not, also not priced in. Very, very few yeah. traders are looking ahead to see how the markets will be dislocated by a sudden release of new energy technology. Uh, for example, in Bitcoin, um, it's uniquely suited actually to uh, sudden uh, t technology increases because of the difficulty adjustment. It's kind of insane. What we might have is an extremely fast, you know, uh, difficulty period where one mining consortium 
sucks up all the Bitcoin, but only for two weeks. Difficulty adjusts. And, uh, you know, then you've got, say, two or three more miners that have got the new free energy tech. But we're talking about, a, say, a five million fold increase in energy efficiency. And th that's something that would dislocate the entire human society. It would be really intense. <laughs> I, I think Bitcoin would definitely survive it, but it would cause a lot of minor upheaval. Uh, it's something that's not priced in at all. Um, it's Bitcoin would do very well, actually, because... Uh, many other markets would fail, but Bitcoin would be able to survive it. This is something that you know people can't aren't talking about and would affect mining really, really directly and, and affect Bitcoin price. Bitcoin's price could actually surge in such a situation because it becomes far more useful. I, I want to say the, thing. The, the, the technologies. I don't know about the secret technologies, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Remember, Gabriel does not represent the views of the show, but it's awesome when he says, uh, "As everybody loves it," but. We are entering a golden age, and I am so excited. You know, Gabriel at first said there's a lot of uncertainty. I bring on the uncertainty, bring it on, and that's what I yeah. you said that also. Who knows what is going to come? And yes, if, if if all of a sudden there was free energy or something even close to it, it wouldn't. We wouldn't be talking about Bitcoin. The whole world would be just we'd be in a, a completely new realm, and that's the promise of this new decade. That is the promise of the 2020s. We. The, the technological sophistication, it, it's its going uh, parabolic, whatever you want to say, uh, through the stratosphere. I am pumped for this. I i, I really am pumped for this. And uh, uh, I, I wanted to add, well, Guy, you're about to say something. And then I was going to ask Rocky. So, and remember, we, we got a, 10 more minutes. We only got 10 minutes to go. Oh, okay. I'll try to be quick. Um, so I, I think I, I totally agree that uh, in, in the next couple of decades, we're going to see more change in how society and people are organized and which i think we've actually seen the seeds of all of it i think we can already tell if we're if we're looking very closely and kind of stepping back from the, the architectures that we're used to looking at we can actually see what's happening um but in the next two years we will see a, a greater like more powerful shift in how society is organized than we've ever seen in human history to be frank and uh, uh whether it's it's funny that you bring up all of this uncertainty um, because there's a piece that I read, I believe, I, I believe this is Hayek that focuses, that stresses this specifically. It may be Hans Hermann Hoppe, I can't remember. Um, but that money's money is a tool. As a tool, money is a hedge against uncertainty. That's as being the most liquid good in the economy. It's where you put value when you're not sure what's going to happen. And like, if you put it in a chicken, chicken's going to rot. If you put it in, uh, you know, like any other, all of the other goods do not have the specifics, the specific characteristics of money, which make it perfect for keeping value across time, most specifically during incredible uncertainty, because we just don't know what the future is going to hold. And sound money does that job better than anything else. And I think all of that other stuff aside, the fact that we have Bitcoin as a tool, if it continues to do its job and continues to enforce the monetary policy that it has, that that alone will create an explosion of wealth and efficiency that we cannot understate in this conversation. That there's no real possible way to explain what it will create 
because all we're ever going to see is it, it'll be like sitting in the 1990s with the internet and going, it's like, oh yeah, we'll be able to listen to radio on a computer. And it's like, well, no, that's not what the internet is going to do. But yes, that's one teeny tiny little itty bitty piece of the amazing explosion of wealth that's going to come from it. So all that's right. a great point. Awesome point. I want uh, Rocky, you're, I'm going to ask you a lot here. Your <laughs> predictions, they don't have to be earth shattering. Uh, is Libra actually going to ha be ha happening? And in a week, we've got proof of keys. If you want to talk about a prediction for that too. Rocky, it's yours. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, you can pick and choose. <laughs> you know, as far as predictions go, uh, I just, I think, like I said before, I think Bitcoin in 2020 is going to be, you know, uh, bigger, better, and, you know, uh, more of a price increase than 2019. And, um, and Lightning is going to be, have even more, you know, advances than it had in 2019. They're just both going to get much better, basically. Um, but uh, what Gabriel just said, that was awesome. <laughs> I gotta, uh, I gotta ask you. Do you have links that I can hit you up for, for the um, the military patents? Absolutely, yeah. It's a very fishy patents by uh, under an unknown scientist name whose name is Salvatore Pais, which of course means savior, nation savior. And um, you know, this is this is a guy nobody's ever heard of before. And of course, oh, he just magically comes out with three incredible groundbreaking technologies. Uh, one of the, one detail about those patents. Um, the patent office in the U.S. said, what? The, you guys are like relying on science that is not proven. So they went and they had a, a, a captain, a Navy captain. These are Navy patents. The Navy captain is on record. He said he sent a letter back and said, all of these technologies are currently operable. And they granted the patents. All right. Okay. Uh, do you have DMs open on Twitter? I certainly do. Hit and me up. All okay. of these dudes are linked to below. I, I'm sorry if I feel like I'm rushing, but we only got five minutes before I got to light those Hanukkah candles. It's the sixth night and I'm cut off then. But Rocky, talk about any proof of keys thoughts because you're a guy that uh, really encourages people to be responsible with their, uh, with their Bitcoin. Well, will it, will it, it bring down any exchanges? I mean, that's a big question. Well, I hope not. I don't like people losing their Bitcoins, but if it, you know, weeds out some of the weaker ones, I think that's a good thing, but you shouldn't, you know, have your Bitcoin on there. I mean, I know if you're trading, you need to have a certain amount on there, but if you're just buying and let it sit there, no, you got to get your Bitcoin off. Please, please get your Bitcoins off exchanges okay. if you're not trading. And, and if you are trading, keep the absolute minimum there you need. All right. We'll be talking about this in a week. Uh, Guy Swan, your conclusionary uh, and any other thoughts, Rocky, before we. Uh... Well, yeah, I, you know, I'd just like to do a plug for like a minute. I need. Oh, yeah, please. OK, so let me uh, share a screen here. So I just like uh, people have any questions about Bitcoin, they should go to justlearnbitcoin.com. And also, I want you to take note of this uh, black square right here to click on here. This is a very important uh, project here to help return 14.2 Bitcoins to Pastor Phil. This is a guy who's been into Bitcoin for a very long time and never had a lot of money. He was just adding um, small amounts of Bitcoin to his wallet over the years. And uh, then he got hacked. He got um, he fell victim to what I believe was a DNS uh, hijacking attack. 
And um, you could see me interview him here on this show on the UK Bitcoin Master Show. Um, so you get a feel for who he is here. He have all these people endorsing him. You know, this is not a scam. He really lost these coins. And, you know, if you could um, do a little donation to help him get his 14 coins back, that would be great. He also lost 500 Litecoins on that wallet. And if you click here, you could go to um, the tally coin where you could do a donation. And uh, I'd also just like to say, if you don't go to uh, justlearnbitcoin.com, you could go to bitcoinstolen.com and that will take you to this website here. And also you just read this, the family story. This is friend wrote this story and it's, it's really about a five, 10 minute read at max. And uh, you'll see this guy, he's a living saint. He, he, he served his country in the, um, in the military. He married his high school sweetheart. You know, he had a couple kids and then he, he rescued these, these kids who have these disabilities, he even adopted two of them. He's just a living saint. And for this to happen to him was just awful. So if you could just donate anything to him at all, that'd be great. All right. Control. Uh, and remember uh, to be careful when you're clicking on things out there and uh, uh, just uh, know what you're doing when you don't move around stuff too much. All right. Uh, let Guy, you're uh, uh, Gabriel, your your conclusionary thoughts. We'll, we'll end with Guy here, and we got three minutes. I'm randomly going to throw out a prediction for the next cycle, uh, for the next uh, after the next um, euphoric uh, peak of price. I think we're headed for a stable period of around forty five grand. That might be. 2021 to 2022. Uh, that's my random prediction for the early 20s price level. All right. And uh, thank you, both of you dudes and Guy Swan for being on. Guy Swan, you will get the final word. And Gabriel's linked to below, of course. Uh, Guy, you get the uh, last word, baby. All right. Um, uh, uh, Rocky, I, I'd say uh, I know the. I've been around, I've been in Bitcoin for a very long time, and I know that feeling. So that that really sucks. 14 Bitcoin is a tough break too. Good Lord. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, but by the way, if anybody doesn't know, I do the Crypto Economy podcast with Guy Swan. Um, and uh, the main format of the show is like pretty much every day I read some article or work, the, one of the quintessential works, like the one I just rebooted actually just before Christmas was shelling out the origins of money by Nick Zabo. So I, I'm trying to make every brilliant piece of writing in the Bitcoin space into an audiobook, uh, so that everybody can just consume all of Bitcoin, uh, in, uh, in audio, but with a nice yeah. Southern accent, with a, with a nice, with a nice Southern draw. That's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm so excited about this year. Um, I think 2019 has been an epic year of laying the groundwork to start putting like we basically got all of the all of the pieces like we've got the gear we've got the piston we've got the 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 cast we've got everything that's going to make the engine and the automobile and i think in the next next year in particular but next two years uh we're going to finally build the automobile with this thing and uh i think i think it's going to be an absolute game changer we're going to see apps this year that literally just cannot exist on any other platform it don't make any economic sense or technical sense. Um, we're going to see things. We're going to see the social media equivalent that it, to the social media, to the internet. We will see that to Bitcoin, the ability to just interface with an entire economic and financial network that is in completely permissionless and where anyone just 
can openly create a new financial tool and and all that groundwork is laid in the last the last pieces of that puzzle are getting put together and i think 2020 is going to be a hell of a damn year um and if it settles at 40 to 50,000 like gabriel says um i think that will be underpriced Dudes, that's a great way to end the year. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Real quick, Rocky, it was BitcoinStolen.com. That was the URL. Yes, to go right to Phil's donation site. That is Bitcoin. That's a freaking great URL. When this is all over with, he gets all his Bitcoin. You should sell that URL. You get a lot of money for it. All and, right. Uh, and also, I'd just like to say, if you do watch that, that first video on that page, um, it does explain like what happened to him. And so you can make sure it doesn't happen to you. Yes. Everyone should watch that video. Yeah, 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 that's important. All right, dudes, that is it. Thank you very much, panel. Thank you very much, everybody out there. Happy New Year. New show every day. Beyond Bitcoin is tomorrow. Bitcoin Rebbe will be on. Shabbat Shalom. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. Meister, subscribe to the channel. Like the video, share this video. Go light your Hanukkah handles right now, which I am going to do. See Happy you all Hanukkah. later. Bye-bye. Happy Hanukkah.